You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com or www.thefireplacechurch.org, which is actually now redirecting you to a landing page on bridemovement.com because our church has moved to a live format. Now, for the next couple of weeks, there will be guest speakers sharing at the Fireplace Church, which I'm really excited about. And uh, you don't want to miss that. I, I really want to encourage you guys, those of you that connect with us, um, hang out. And, and also, from the Fireplace Church, we're going to be growing community, just like we have been all this time. But we're going to be moving the way we've been growing community from a you know strictly post-service uh, endeavor to to groups that will be meeting throughout the week and so we're really excited about how things are going to be developing and of course you'll be hearing more about that over time i just want to say thank you to those of you that support us with prayer and support us financially and you know for those of you that support us in prayer i want you to know that we we covet your prayers i mean guys what you need to understand is that at bride ministries we are actually poking the bear we are uh, fondling the beehive we are getting a lot of very powerful and evil entities very angry because we are taking spiritual warfare to the higher levels and we are frustrating the plans of darkness in very, very real ways and training others to do that. What that means is there's a lot of um, interest in the powers of darkness to oppose us to come against us you know and 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 of course this is what we see we see um gossip slander evil things you know evil testimonies being spoken against but that's going to be anybody you know but we also see you know advanced spiritual warfare enhanced spiritual opposition not only for me and my wife christian you know uh, but but those that are in our community circle of influence uh our closest associates our key volunteers anybody that's connecting with a ministry that's really going after high level stuff is going to come under attack or an assignment or agenda to come under attack i want to encourage you guys to listen to this program cover us in prayer uh we definitely do appreciate that and for all of you witches and evil people that listen to this program so you can figure out a way to attack us i want you to know that we 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 love you and actually we we pray for you <laughs> and um i believe that jesus is already one and i and i want you to know that there is a better way now his name is Jesus, and I, uh, with that said, just want to say thank you to those of you that are supporting us financially, and if you are believing in the vision, the ministry, and, and what we do, and how we are you know, equipping the body of Christ, and you want to sow into that, just go to bridemovement.com. It's very easy. There's a button there. You can write to us at P.O. Box 835-661, Richardson, Texas, 75083. I so appreciate you. I thank you. And you know the Bible? The Bible is very clear. Giving is a component of kingdom culture. You cannot divorce giving from kingdom at all. And anybody that tries to doesn't get kingdom because giving, you see, God gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Giving, giving is what God demonstrates. And God loves to give good gifts to his children. And what he does is he says, give and it will be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over will God cause men to give into your bosom. And so I just want to encourage you guys. There is a reward for giving. There's also a participation in kingdom culture. That said, uh, we're going to get right to the program. You are listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
Folks, here we are on Discovering yeah. the Truth with Dan Duvall, and I'm very excited to bring John King back on my program. Now, if you haven't uh, been hanging out for us for very long, you may not know him, but he has been on the program a couple of times. He's talked about walking with the Holy Spirit. We have talked about um, family and raising children and some of these kinds of things. Today, he's joining me again because, well, one, he's a lot of fun to talk to, and two, he's got a lot of wisdom, folks. And um, it, it has just been such a blessing every time I've had him on the program. And John King, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, be able to share with you and, and with, with uh, your people also. Amen. Amen. And, you know, as we were kind of hashing it out about what we're going to, you know, focus this program on, uh, you you brought to the table the prayer of faith. And I'm going to tell you, John, if there is one area that people have some challenges with, it is with faith. Because, you know, let let me just break it down as simple as possible. If Mm -hmm. you pray for something and nothing happens the way you expect it to, it's hard to go and pray again and believe that your prayer works or have faith in God because where's the evidence? And so people, they struggle, especially early in their walk with God in the area of faith. And, um, you know, I, I want to get your take on this. What, what, first of all, is the prayer of faith? And how do people begin to step out into this tool? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting you said, uh, especially when they're uh, kind of beginning their walk. But also, um, I find that sometimes people, because of uh, the weight of the world or the pressures that the enemy brings, the pressures of life and so many things happening this side and that side, you know, the Old Testament talks about, uh, when the enemy comes up like a flood, I mean, so many things happen. And sometimes people, even later on, if, especially if they um, have really not been taking that personal time, that, that thing, that faith will kind of slip in their lives and they'll get into works and not even know it. Mm. And so I, I noticed that also. And what's so interesting, uh, Dan, about concerning faith is, it's the one thing you can talk to people about, you can share with your, uh, with your church, and you can talk to them about it, but you can only bring them so far. There comes a place where at some point they have to believe, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and so when, we're, when I was a babe in Christ, and I don't know how it was for you, but when I, when I first got born again, I could pray and it looked like everything that I would pray for would just happen. I mean, it's like a baby just crying to get something to eat and somebody puts a bottle in your mouth. And so that's what was going on when I first got saved. And, and that went on for maybe six months. And then it seemed like I, I had to pray longer or harder to get things to move. And it and I was trying to figure out, wow, did I disappoint God? Did I do something wrong? You know, why, you know, why does it seem like it takes for uh, even longer for me to move into his presence or for me to do such? And I thought and I, I began to discover that what he was teaching me to do and what he teaches his children to do is begin to trust his word. And so. You know, when you first get started, I mean, when I got born again, the only thing I, I, I knew is God is love, okay? Mm. Um, I didn't come out of a, a Bible-believing or Bible-teaching church. I came out of the world. And so for me, it was all new. It was all new. And, and I tell you the truth about it, um, one of the things that was really uh, kind of opened up my eyes to the power in the Word of God, I... I started studying when I got born again, just taking hours because I was so hungry for that word. And um, I remember uh, before, uh, when I was a teenager, and this was in the 70s, okay, giving that, giving that away, um, the movies that were out, they were The Exorcist, which was this little girl whose head is spinning around. <laughs> she's, 
He's throwing up green stuff. Uh, you know, the, the priest is holding up the cross. He's getting thrown up against the wall. Um, movies like Damien, I mean, it, they really were portraying Satan as stronger than God. Mm. And so that's, that, that's when I was a teenager. That's what was out. And I remember um, trying to give my life to the Lord when I was 15. And I, was, I went to a church, and basically it was just, full of religion. I don't think they knew God, but I went up because I wanted to give my life to the Lord. But the preacher came by. He, he said, just talk to him, son, just talk to him. And when he walked past, I, I, this is what I said to myself. I said, what am I supposed to say? And so I, I went home that day. I got a Bible trying to read it and I heard noises. And <laughs> when I tried to read, I heard noises in my mom's house. And so I just shut the Bible. I said, forget it. And I'm going to tell you something. I, from that point, I really went off into the world. That's when I got involved in all types of stuff. And not until I was age 20 I, did I come back and give my life to God. And so got born again, and now I'm reading that word. And, you know, I start hearing something here or whatever. The enemy tries to bring that spirit of fear. But I had read in his word in Timothy, where it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And I think that's, uh, I think that's 2 Timothy. I'm just running to it. Yeah, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And so what I did in my bedroom, I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of fear. And when I said it, the spirit, it left. And so one moment I was afraid. I mean, one moment I could feel this, feel this fear, and the next moment it was gone. And, and I, I said, oh, my goodness. I, I just thought people got afraid. I thought that's what happens in people, but there's no organ in us that carries fear. And I realized, wow, when that spirit isn't there, I'm not afraid. One minute I was afraid, the next minute I wasn't. And all I had done is taken the word of God, a promise or a passage that God said he's not given us a spirit of fear, and when I spoke it in faith, that is believing that what that word said was true, the spirit left. And that's when I really began to search in the word because I said, wow, if that's true, what else? in his word is true. And I started seeking promises. I wanted to know what God had promised and what he said about what he's given us, and in particular, what he's given me. Well, and so, oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just saying, it sounds like 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, which I have to quote. Yeah. For all the promises of God in him, and of course him means Jesus Christ, are yes. Right. And in him, amen. That's in Jesus Christ, yes. so be it. Unto the glory of God by us. Uh, that's, uh, John, people don't understand the power of weaponizing the word of God and its promises. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And you know, what I found, this was such a revelation for me. Hmm. The word of God has its own power. It carries its own power. And that's, you know, out of Hebrews 4, <laughs> Out of Hebrews, the fourth chapter, it says that the word of God is alive and it's powerful. <clears throat> and uh, it's, and I'm just kind of running, running to it as I'm reading. But, um, but that it has power. It, it can discern between spirit and soul. And so what, finding out that the word of God itself is powerful, it's, it's alive. And it says that's uh, Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is living and powerful. And so what I found out is the word of God carries its own power. And because we're born again, we have the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us in our hearts, where our spirit is, which is our real man. 
But the only time the power of the word is manifested is when it comes out of our heart. So it's got to come out of that place where the Spirit of God is, because it's actually the power of the Holy Spirit that's actually doing the work. And so it's just like eating natural food and, and you know, you get up and you eat breakfast and lunch, you eat dinner. It, as you're eating, it's actually giving you strength because the strength is coming out of the food that you're eating. But you don't really necessarily realize, you know, you eat something that, oh, I've gotten stronger. No. But, it, but when you don't eat, when you skip meals or when you're on a fast, all of a sudden, you notice there's a difference in your strength. Your strength is not there because you've not been feeding on food. And so the word of God is that food, that, that spiritual food that feeds our faith. And so I found out that as I began to meditate and study the word of God, Faith would rise up in me, and I would begin to believe from my heart. And, and that's really kind of what, what I wanted to focus in on a little bit, and that is the difference between uh, believing with your head and believing with your heart. And I know that you've talked about it. We've talked a little bit, but your, your audience, your, your, the church is well aware of this, that, that prayer of faith and, and standing in faith. And I tell you, it's really amazing because sometimes, many times, we don't even know what's in our own heart. Oh, come on. And I'm, I'm talking about born-again believers. <laughs> you, we think we believe something, but, but if sometimes if we just listen to what we say when we're not in church, or if we listen to what we say when we're in, in a doctor's office, or we listen to what we're saying in casual conversation, that's when we find out what we believe. That's because when we're not trying to guard it with our mind, whatever's in the heart, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. So in church, you know, we got it together. Praise the Lord. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, we got, we got it together. But it's, it's where the pressure is. It's, it's when the enemy comes against or gives a symptom or, or says, no, this, we're, we're not hiring anymore. It, it's when that comes forth, what, what do we believe in our heart? What do we believe in our heart? Because that's what's going to come out at that particular time. And so the, the prayer of faith is really a prayer, the, a a understanding of what God has promised and believing it totally, totally convinced in our heart that what he said is true. And when we speak out of that understanding or revelation, we could say, that's when we see, and only then is when we see the manifestation of that promise. So the power of God is manifested out of our hearts when we believe. And you know, I always give this example <clears throat> when I'm sharing this with um, some of the classes that I teach. And that is, uh, have you ever watched uh, some of the uh, uh, courtroom shows like Judge Judy? Um, oh, we have of a course. Judge Mathis. Yes. They've got, you know, when, when they first um, come in and the person presents their case. You listen to the evidence that they're giving, and, and then you think, oh, okay, yeah, why are they even in court? I mean, this person, they've got evidence. I mean, you, you believe what they say, or you think you believe it in, their, in your heart, but you believe what, what they're saying because they're talking about what happened and they're giving their side of the story. But then all of a sudden, here's this person on the defense, and they interject some other information or some other evidence, and what they bring forth is a reasonable doubt, a reason to doubt. And where you were sure that you believed this other person when they, they presented their side, now all of a sudden, here comes some more information, and now, you, now you're, you're saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute, what's going on? Maybe, maybe, maybe they're not telling the truth. Now, Watch this. 
You thought you believed the first person, but it wasn't in your heart. That's why when the next person spoke and gave their side of that story, you had all of a sudden you doubted the first person. It, it was never in your heart. And this is what has happened in that instance. Now you've got to begin to hear them both out. And so one presents evidence, another one, they bring in some pictures or they, they'll show a text and all of that. And then another person will bring in a, a witness with them and ask them to come up. And now you're listening to these witnesses. And there comes a point where you've heard both sides and you come to a conclusion, your own self. And you'll say, oh, listen, this that person, they're the one who should have this money. They're the one that that other person's lying. In other words, now you believe it. That's when it went into your heart. Because watch this. You, at that point, you stop hearing them. Because you've come to a conclusion, you stop hearing what they're saying. And even if the judge gives a verdict that you don't agree with, you'll say, oh, that judge is just wrong. <laughs> because you believe it in your heart. Mm -hmm. And every single time, and you, and you know this well, Dan, you know this, every single time that you stand in faith, the enemy will always try to interject a reasonable doubt. You know, did God really say, you know, they can't, they can't really say. It's, 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 it's a mess, John. I mean, it, it gets really, really tough. And one of the things that uh, I know that I've learned in, in the course of ministry is James chapter 1, verse yeah. 6. But let him ask in faith. Nothing oh wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And I don't know, yeah. John, if you've ever heard a wet noodle prayer. Now, this is what a wet noodle does. A wet noodle cannot actually inflict harm because it's soft. It's flaccid. Right. It's weak. You barely feel it if you get hit by it. It's almost like it's not even there. And I have had an experience, John, where I, I've sat there and I've heard prayers that come out like wet noodles. The demons don't even flinch when the prayers begin to hit them because the people have not determined whether or not they believe what's actually coming out of their mouths. That, that is one right. of the most uh, uh, immediate avenues to, to, to get to the wet noodle. Instability right. in conviction. And, and I'll tell you in response to what you said, you're nailing it because you know, one of the things that God has told me, John, is that faith is a component of the subconscious, which I say is the heart. And, and, and the uh -huh. thing is, if it's not yeah. in there, if it's not actually connected to something in our belief system, we're just not connected. It's yeah. a fleeting thought. It's like, oh, well, God, I hope you will. Or, well, maybe if you feel like it, God. <laughs> but we're not there. It's, yeah. it's actually no no connection. And so we get this wet noodle produced. And, and then what happens is that nothing happens because there's no power. There's no power because it, it, it was just all in your head. Oh my God. It was all in your head. And you know, not only have I heard those wet noodle pr prayers, but I've prayed them. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done enough of those where I could have Campbell's soup, my friend. Oh my God. I could, uh, the only thing you can do with that is eat it. And that's <laughs> it. It's not good. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I love sharing this is because you really, um, you really, it's hard to discern what's in your heart. As a matter of fact, it takes the Holy Spirit to discern that. It really does. He has to show it to you. you and, and that's what the Word of God does. It reveals what's in the heart. You, as you meditate in it and 
as as the Lord shows you who you are in his word, and like James says, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. So the word reflects the inner man. The, the word actually reflects the spirit man. And in, in James it says that that person who um, looks into, and that's James 1 and 25, it says, but the person who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. The verse before it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing himself in a mirror. But he observes himself, but when he goes away, he forgets what manner of man he is. And so the word of God is the only way you can actually find out who you truly are. And by that same word, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It lets you know where you stand heart-wise. Now, just the other day, I was, um, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm believing you, Father God, to that um, my, all of my taxes on my home will be paid off in a month's time. Right. And so, yeah, in the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. Oh, Lord, because when taxes were due, you had Peter go out and fish. And, uh, you know, he brought up money for the tax and it was paid off. So, you know, you know, so I got all of that. But then I get into a conversation with my neighbor about how high the taxes are. And you cannot afford the luxury to talk about how high or how bad something is when you've already believed God that it's already taken care of. There's something wrong. Because if you believe in your heart that that thing is taken care of and God has opened up and made the provisions that it's paid for, then why are you talking about how bad it is? You ain't paying for it. My and so I have to shake myself <laughs> and get out of that stuff. I gotta, I, I gotta listen to the confession of my mouth because out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is speaking. And so I listen to people. I look on Facebook and, you know, oh, God, you know, pray for me. And they'll, you know, just pray this and pray that. And there's no faith in it whatsoever. Um, they think that the more people they get to pray, uh, the, the bigger the results or the, the, big, the better chance, <laughs> the better chance they'll have, which is unbelief, which is unbelief. Yes. And so that prayer of faith, and that's, uh, you know, I, you have to really um, keep yourself alive to faith. I mean, it's not something, in other words, uh, you can't go on the faith that you used yesterday. You, you can't work off of faith you used last year. Faith is always now. Hmm. It's always right now. And so the prayer of faith, and, and one passage I, I, you know, that I kind of work off of is Mark 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, you know. It says, Jesus answered, said, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed. And so right there, he's starting off with something that is so far beyond our ability to do. And that is talking to a mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. And that goes right back to what you were talking about earlier. And that is with James and the wet noodle thing. <laughs> in other words, when you pray, Make sure you're in faith, because if you're not, nothing doubting, because don't think that you're going to receive anything from God if you doubt. Why? Because faith, it's the faith that's coming from your heart. It's the very hand that receives. It takes God's word and brings it out of heavenly places, out of the spirit, and causes it to be manifested in our lives. And so... I started teaching a class on Monday. I had an eight-week class called um, How to Study the Bible. And I asked them about um, Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. And it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those who come to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I was uh, kind of focusing on the difference between study and meditation. Because 
in meditation or to muse over or to, to speak it or to, to really take it word by word and all of that, what you're doing is you're chewing on it and you're getting those nutrients out. And my, my question to them, I, I said, okay, listen, God is love, correct? Yes. God is love. That's his nature. And so since that's the core nature of God, anything he says is going to be based on love. It's going to come from love. And, and so here it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, when I first read that, and I wasn't looking at it as coming from a father who loves me, it was, okay, you, you better have faith or God's not pleased with you. But, but that's not the way that's reading, not, not according to his nature. One thing about love, it's never satisfied unless it can give. Wow. You know, God so loved the world that he gave. That yeah. love has to give. Love is never satisfied unless it can give. And faith is the hand that receives from God. So when we don't stand in faith, he can't give us the very things that Christ died on the cross and rose again to make sure we would have. And like you said earlier in, in uh, the Corinthians, that he's given us everything, that all the promises in him are yes and amen. And Ephesians, that first chapter says that he's given us um, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Second Peter, that first chapter, around the third, fourth verse, it says that he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so now God's done all of that. He's a God of love. And then he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? Because faith is hot. That's the only way we're going to receive from him. And then it says that those come, they, they must believe that he is God. And what's so interesting about that passage is that the book of Hebrew is wrote, the Bible is wrote to believers. And so why would it say that he who comes to God must first believe that he is? I mean, this is wrote to born-again believers. But you've got to believe that he's God in that particular thing that you're dealing with. Because I don't know, Dan, if you found this out or not. Oh, <laughs> it might be just me. But... I can have faith in one area of my life and not have faith in another area. Totally. I mean, people can have faith um, that they will get a job. Totally. And I mean, they'll walk, I've seen people who believe for a job, they, they'll, get one, they'll quit a job when they feel like it because they just believe God. But they don't have faith concerning the safety of their children. <laughs> you well, know, they're worried about their children. Yeah, so they've got faith in one area but they've not discovered who God is concerning their children. And so I remember what the Lord told me, and you know, we talked about this before mm -hmm. <laughs> with my, with my um, oldest son, and I had quite a few people from your program order books from <laughs> me, you know, Deliverance for the Rebellious Child, yes. But um, I remember when the Lord told me, he said, he said, um, John, you could have, your son could be in your arms and he could die while you're holding him. Unless I keep him, he can't be kept. And he gave me, you know, Psalms 127, unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman watches in vain. <laughs> and so I had to, and me and my wife had to trust God and trust his word. Now, once I got that revelation and started meditating on, you know, great is the peace of my children and, and, um, that God will save my children. And when I started meditating those scriptures, faith came now in my heart, and that's when peace came. So one of the first, one of the first indications that you're in faith is that there comes a peace about the situation, even though the circumstances haven't changed Bingo. in the natural. Oh, that's so good, so good. Oh, you know. The, the idea that we can have faith in one area of life and not have it in another area of life is is extremely important uh, for people to understand because that that helps us to understand where God is probably pulling the strings on our lives to grow us. You yes. know, it's like, well, where should I focus on with my relationship with Jesus now? Probably on the area you don't have faith. 
And 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 this is where <laughs> I do need to bring something else up, John. And, and this is um, something that we all wrestle with, myself included. I'm going to be honest, folks. This 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 one, you know, it it'll it'll get you. The Bible says in Daniel seven twenty five, and it's speaking of the little horn. It says, "And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High." And think yeah. to change times and laws. And, and I'm going to tell you, and one of the Antichrist agendas, is, and, and see, Antichrist is a general term because Jesus, well, he died. And then John wrote in the book of 1 John, there are many Antichrists, like right now. And, and there's an Antichrist right. spirit. And it's been at work. It's at Absolutely. work. Absolutely. And it works to wear out the saints. So yep. you go to believe God for something, but then it doesn't work out. And then you keep believing God on something and you still don't quite see the breakthrough. And so Mm -hmm. as there is a resistance, people wear out. Yes. John. And and why would he ever, why would he say, why would he tell us, be not weary in well-doing? If, if, why would he tell us that? Because of, the, the accuser of the brethren that accuses them day and night. And, and you know, <laughs> Elijah, right? Mm-hmm. This great, mighty prophet of God calling down fire from heaven. Mm-hmm. But in the next chapter, guess what he's doing? Oh, he's running. <laughs> he, he is, he is he's on the run. running from Jezebel. <laughs> running from he's Jezebel. running from a woman. <laughs> you, you're gonna have to preach that one pretty soft <laughs> there's some powerful women out there but yeah I, I mean point taken he's running from a woman that doesn't even serve the lord god most high and that's a whole other category she's not yeah, and she's not carrying a sword or a gun that's oh my. my point <laughs> i mean Ooh. he just <laughs> But but you know now, but look at this. Yes. Look at John the Baptist, who introduced Christ mm-hmm. to us, got into that hard place in prison, and, and had his disciples come and ask, are you the one, or do we look for another? And so we hit these prison experiences, or these, you know, it might be a financial thing. And, and and what's so interesting, now watch this, you can still be praying for others and seeing God move. Mm-hmm. And in your own personal life, have these other struggles at the same time. And so what do we have to do? We have to do the exact, and we have to not be weary in well-doing. <clears throat> the well-doing being this continuing to stand on what God promised. And and here's the key, and I, I just, I want to share this with you. Um, and it's out of 2 Peter, and this is what he says in the 19th verse. The first uh, chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, he says um, that we have the prophetic word made more sure, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So here Peter says, wait a minute, you got the word of God. In other words, by the word, we know that by stripes we're healed. You know, um, Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3, you know, don't forget his benefits, forgives all our iniquity, heals all of our diseases. Isaiah 53 and 5 and 2 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, 24, all of that, we know it. But concerning what the enemy has attacked, may have attacked someone with, they, they may need a rhema. They may need a dip seven times. They may, but, but what Peter said is, wait a minute, you got the word, you know that by stripes you're healed, so don't give up faith. Just continue to seek him, but confessing, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. Give me insight and understanding. Give me insight and understanding. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. But you do that in faith. You still know 
that by his stripes you're healed, and now you're looking just for insight or which way to walk or which door to walk in. You know, you're knocking, you're seeking, you're asking, but you're not doubting. You're not doubting. And I shared with you um, on, on one of the programs that we talked <clears throat> when I lost peripheral vision in my left eye. And, you know, at the time I, I, I would... I, I played for my church as a uh, music director and uh, did audio over audio at the same time for about 18 years. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so when I lost this, my peripheral vision, the enemy was giving me visions of coming, someone having to lead me in church to the piano. Um, me rocking side to side, uh, with dark glasses on. <laughs> and so, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm confessing, Lord, thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that, you know, Abraham's eyes were not dim. And I mean, I'm going through a bunch of stuff. And, uh, but, but boy, I'm, I got a battle going on. Because while I've got evidence from the word that I'm healed, the enemy is giving me pictures that I'm not. And so I got a fight going on. And so my wife comes and she says, you know, she knows I'm dealing with something. And she says, well, do you want to go to the doctor? And, and so, uh, then I kind of made it sound like, I, yeah, I will. Cause you asked, <laughs> but, but really I wanted to go. And so we went to a, um, uh, urgent care or express care and, and went in and, and, the, and the, the, the doctor there did some tests and he said, listen, I don't know what's going on with your eye. You need to see a specialist. And so that was $80, 80 bucks, gave it to him. And I went to, um, we've got a Wheaton eye clinic out here, specialist. And I went to see a specialist. And now he, they, what they do is they um, actually, uh, what, is, what is it? They, they actually, um, with your pupil, trying to think of dilate. the name. But at any rate, they dilate it. They dilate your pupil. And they look in, you know, with a little flashlight and all of that stuff. And he's looking and having me draw on a chart and all of that. And he says, listen, I don't know what's going on. We need to call in another specialist. Okay. That was a hundred dollars. <laughs> now, while I'm sitting in the chair and my wife is sitting over, you know, in the room, the Lord speaks to me and he says, this is not against your health. It's against your finances. And so I, I tell my wife, Bridget, I say, Bridget, let's go. I got it. Went home, came against, I bound, I bound the spirit of debt and got healed. Whoa. I received a healing by binding the spirit of debt. And so by stripes, I was always healed. But in this particular instance, the Lord needed to give me some direction to receive the manifestation of it. But by a strike, I'm healed. And so that's the day star rising revelation, insight that comes concerning the situation you're dealing with. And so with the prayer of faith, it's, you can't doubt in your heart. You've got to, you've got to have, um, you've got to know that it's God's will for you. If, if you come and, and tell me, you know, you say, hey, uh, I am believing God. I'm in faith and I'm believing God for a new car. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say, does God want you to have it? And if you say, well, well I sure hope so, uh, then you ain't in faith. Ooh. <laughs> You're not in faith. <laughs> you've got to, be, before you believe, you've got to establish that it's God's will, that he's able, and that he will. And, and you, need, you need to, somebody say, hey, how do you know? Because the Lord said, when I pray to God, I'm always saying, Lord, you said. Now, now John, because, I, 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 need oh, go ahead, to, go. I need to ask this question. <laughs> Where does faith and identity intersect. Oh my goodness. 
Now, when, when, and, and let me know if this is kind of where you're at, because when, when I think about what you just said with identity, uh-huh. my first thought is my identity in Christ. Come on now. That's my first thought. And now that you go there, <laughs> now, now that you mentioned that, <laughs> for me, this is where the blood comes in mm. big time. Oh, wow. Here we go. Because the Lord made sure we would have something that happened physically, something that happened in the earth, something that could not be denied, something that would become a rock for us to hold on to something that we could latch on with our face so when those winds did blow, we would not be like a wet noodle, <laughs> but, but that we would be anchored in that word and the word would have a hold of us at the same time. Because a soft so, wind can blow a wet noodle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Campbell Soup, I think, would hire you um, to it, really well, promote hey. their noodles because she <laughs> You got something on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the blood and identity. Now, because of what I put this on, on uh, I was just writing this on Facebook, and, and the Lord was just talking to me about this this morning, and that is how God provided everything for us, and through Christ, through that cross, through the blood shed and that resurrection, he made sure we qualified to get it. And so now my identity is in Christ, or I know, really, now this is the truth of the matter. I know that everything I'm receiving is because it's in Christ. I know that everything that I receive is in Christ, and I know that I'm in him. And so the inheritance that I'm actually getting is his, but since I'm in him and I'm part of his body, I'm a joint heir because I'm one with him. Boom. John, I need to, I need to interject here because this is the lie. The lie is that we are no good, low-down, worthless sinner saved by <laughs> grace. The truth is that we used to be no good, low-down, worthless sinners until we got saved by grace, and now we are children of God that are being brought to glory. And yeah. can, can, I, can I just say that the philosophy that has been pumped down the throats of very unassuming and uh, genuine people has literally produced the antithesis of faith by anchoring a false paradigm to their identity. Yes. And God, God's heart hurts because of that. Absolutely. Because when we literally cannot hear him talk about how he views us, that hurts him. You, and you know why it hurts. I mean, think about it. You give your son, and you say, hey, the only way that I can bless these people and pour out to them is if you give your life, mm-hmm. and you've got to pay for their sins. And so Jesus says, hey, is, is there any other way? If there's any other way to do this, let this cup pass. And he prays it three times. Nevertheless, not my will, your will. And the Father doesn't answer why. We don't, we don't see an answer in his word why, because it had to be Jesus' decision. It's still his will. And so the Father is saying, wait a minute, the only way that I can redeem these people is with you and, and with your life. And so now you've, you've given up your son who was perfect before you, who loves you, who did everything right, who, who kept that thing perfectly so your people could receive. And after all of that is done, raised up from the dead and we're risen with them, after all of that, the people 
that are redeemed don't reach out and receive what the sacrifice was made to give them. He's talking about a hurting thing. And, you know, as a matter of fact, one time, and I, I'm just being truthful with you, yes. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I look at me or I look at people and how we fail God and how we act certain ways. And I said to God one time, I said, Lord, if, if you knew you were going to have all this problem, all these problems out of man, why did you make us? And then he showed me those raising up their hands and praising him and worshiping him and the fellowship that they had. And I said, oh, I got it. I got it. And, you know, there's something you said <clears throat> talking about who we are. We are not we are not sinners. We're not worthless things. We're not, you know, just uh, the dross. We're not. But what's so interesting is in First John, the third chapter and the ninth verse, this is what it says. It says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. So his seed remains in him, watch this, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. And you read that, that scripture just said, those who are born of God can't sin. And you're like, what? And then you go to chapter 1 of 1 John. It says in the 8th verse, if we say we don't have sin, we deceive ourselves. And you're like, wait a minute. You just said those who are born of God can't sin. But then here you say if we say we don't have sin, we're liars. But what's not understood is, and here we go with identity, is how God sees you. God sees us through Christ. Mm -hmm. He sees us perfect. Mm -hmm. he, he, he looks at us as perfect. And that little flesh thing, that little, that little stuff, when that happens, that, that flesh, but he, he looks on the heart. And, and we've been made new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away forever. And we've been sealed. Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 4 says we've been sealed by spirit. And so, you know, I used to wonder, okay, Lord, when somebody says, what, I mean, it's not like you step out for a moment, let us do our junk, and then come back. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what's happening. <laughs> and so I'm like, where are you? I mean, how can you, when people sin, when we sin, you know, how can you be there? But he's in a place, he lives in our heart, a place that's sealed by the Holy Spirit. And it's a place of perfection. We, we are, we are um, perfect before him and being sanctified. In other words, <laughs> we're spirit, soul, and body. But now what are we doing? We are renewing our mind. And so that whole faith piece and standing on the word in such a way that we see manifestation, it's got to come from the heart, but it comes through the soul. It's what we think. It's what we think. It's what we think. That's what's going to affect. And so what do we do? We renew our mind. God, yes, this is your will concerning this time. Lord, you said that you would give me the desires of my heart. Lord, you said that what sort of things I desire when I pray, believe I've received them and I shall have them. Lord, you said uh, not to worry about anything. Come boldly before the throne in the time of need and obtain mercy and grace to help. I mean, you start going through because you've already established that this is his will. And so now you believe in that situation that he's God and that he's a rewarder of you. And so now you start seeking, you ask, you seek, and you knock. Why? Because you know in your heart that he's loaded you with benefits. Wow. Base. And, and listen, mm -hmm. here we go. It's base or ratified or made sure to us in his own son's blood. He swore it in blood. He swore it in blood. And, and so, <laughs> you can tell I'm a little excited, but I'll be okay. But um, <laughs> in Romans, <laughs> in Romans, the eighth chapter, it says, um, and the third, let me see the 31st verse, 
what then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There's the blood. There's the sacrifice. There's the anchor. There's the God is not holding anything against me. There's the God's not the one who's holding back. Because you've got to get past that condemnation. You've got to get past thinking, of, thinking that what you see in the mirror is the real you, because it's not. You've got, to, you've got to see your identity in Christ Jesus. You know, John. Amen. That's right. <laughs> that, big, big fat amen. Right <laughs> because that 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 is the thing. And and what people need to understand is, if we can't see ourselves as God sees us, we can't even believe God for the things He's believing for us. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, that is such a great truth. And, and and this is where people don't quite connect the dots. And some people really, John, they really think about God like this guy that just sits up there in heaven with his arms folded saying, convince me of something. And if you do a really good job, I might throw you a biscuit. That's right. Because they absolutely they, they might identify with God as the judge of creation, which he is because he's also the creator yeah. and father. But 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 they don't they don't look at him as their loving father and yes. as their advocate mm. and and see the, the thing about um, God is that he actually has beliefs for it and, and what he did he wrote them down in a book he he writes down his his desires <laughs> his, his his hopes and his dreams for us in a book and and then what he does is he puts us on this earth and he <clears throat> says please agree with me on my dreams for your life. Yes. And, and we haven't connected, John, with the idea that God has hopes and dreams and desires that he wants to bring to full expression in our lives. And this is what the Bible talks about when it says he's bringing many sons to glory. Yes. And we, we need to get out of his way. We say, and I can't tell you how many arguments I've had with God, John, about my own identity in Christ. Because in my personal... Yeah. Journal times where I'm sitting down with God and God's saying, well, this is you and this is the way I view you and this is how I... And I, I would sit there and argue with him, John. I'll say, there's no yeah. way. That's too good. That rubs against my religious programming. Nope. I couldn't say that in a crowded group. I, I, there's no way. I can't believe it. But yet God mm. is speaking it. And, and that's the problem. We, we, we have a lack of capacity to understand God's vantage point. We, we have a hard yeah. time connecting with his heart for us, and it destroys our faith. Because the more we plug right. into, I am a son of God, defended by the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yep. Supported mm -hmm. by That's right. the hosts of heaven, who bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot upon a stone. Of course God is wanting to extend this kind of grace to me. This kind of mm. increase to me. This kind of... Mm -hmm. I am part of the royal family, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. You know, and you said we don't have the capacity. In our mind, mm. we don't have the capacity to believe. There's only one place in us that has the capacity to believe, and that's our heart. That's our heart. Because our heart can believe all things. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, think about it. it. It doesn't matter whether it's things of God. You know, some people believe they can fly and, and you know, they jump off of something <laughs> and they find out, well, that wasn't true. <laughs> some people, I mean, people, some people believe they'll never make it. Yeah. They believe it and yes. they never make it. And so our heart has, it's just that, you know, now we're renewing our minds to what the truth is. And this is, I remember the Lord said this to me one time. He said, 
He said, John, don't ever think you're a better father than I am. Hmm. Don't ever think you're a better father. Because I want the best for my kids. Man, I want to protect my kids. I want my kids to have more than I have. I want my kids to have beautiful homes. I want my kids to be in perfect health. Mm -hmm. That's what I want for my kids. He said, don't ever think you're a better father than I am. <laughs> my that is, and I'll tell you, that was, that was one powerful comment um, when you're talking about that. And there's so much truth in that. John, we, we could sit here and talk for hours, but um, we are just about out of time on this podcast. And did you have any closing thoughts that you wanted to leave us with? I, I did. I, I just want to very quickly <clears throat> go over how to pray the prayer of faith. And, and for many of your listeners, it's just going to be uh, renewing. You know, Paul even said, I don't think it's grievous for me to share the same things with you. You know, and so it's always good to kind of review also. But, but first of all, if you're going to pray in faith, and we're talking about prayers that receive from God, prayers that, that manifest fruit, um, number one, have a specific desire. Um, you know, sometimes I go to people and, hey, what do you believe in God for? Well, I believe in God for our home. Well, what kind of home is it? Oh, whatever God wants to give me. Uh-uh. That ain't the way it works. That, that, that's not what you would say if someone said, hey, I'm going to give you a home. What kind of home do you want? Oh, whatever you'll give me. I don't think so. You know, you're going to say, hey, well, let me see. I got three kids, so I want four bedrooms or whatever. You're going to start specifying why. Because you believe you're going to receive it. And so that's where the specifics come in. When you believe you're going to get something, you become more specific about it. So number one, have a specific desire. Number two, Hear the word that promises what you desire. In other words, meditate on that word. Faith for the promises in the promise. As you begin to read, the Holy Spirit will illuminate what you need to stand on for the desire that you have and let you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's God's will. So you don't even pray before you are sure that it's God's will. And then number three, ask for it. And that's Luke 11 and 9. Ask, seek not. That's when you're going to pray in faith. Why? You've got a specific desire. You've, you've got his word on it that he says, yes, this is my will for you. And now you're going to pray. That's your asking. Seek not. And then number four, believe that you've received when you pray. First John 5, 14 and 15. And that's, um, you know, there's the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know we've got the petitions that we desire of him. So believe that you receive. And then last but not least is praise God for it and stand. So as soon as you um, pray in faith, the enemy is going to come against you. He's going to tell you why you can't have it, why the economy's down, why the dealership has left, uh, has ran out of something, why there are no houses out there. I mean, he's going to try to tell you that. But from that point on, you're no longer asking God because you asked him, but now your prayer turns into praise. And so you start praising God. Lord, thank you for my home. Oh, I thank you for my four bedroom. Oh, Father, I'm so glad. Oh, this is the nicest song. You began to now acknowledge that you're totally trusting God. And that's it. <laughs> well, folks, praise um, God. I'll tell you what, it's always a joy to sit down with John King. Um, I am very grateful for you and your ministry, brother. I'm just looking forward to the day when you put up a website so I can tell people where they can find you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but with that said, folks, we are done for today. Until next time, you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan DeVault. God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www. 
www.bridemovement.com.